0: we to LOL Sports, um, the topical news and sports podcast. I'm delighted to be joined by a good friend of mine, Mr. Matt Isherwood. Welcome to the show, pal.
1: Well, thank you very much for having me on. It's a pleasure to, to be on this uh, this new platform that you've got.
0: No, it's an honour to have you join me. Um, so, We'll start off just a little bit about yourself and sporting background and um, we'll start off where, like we, we kind of met playing pool together. Um, I found you were a very um, decent pool player to start with. You play snooker as well and then you kind of joined our team, fortunately.
1: Yeah, I was kind of a bit of a bit of a, I don't know what the word is, like a maverick really. I was kind of playing here, there and everywhere and um, ended up sort of playing uh, in the book one night, um, you know, after a few drinks and whatever, and kind of bumped into a lad that um, used to live across the road from, from myself, obviously you'll know him, um, Captain Jack. Yep. And uh, I think I absolutely battered him in about three or four games. And he was like, oh, so, you know, do you fancy, do you fancy playing in, in the league and stuff like that? So, so that was it. That's where it kind of, um, kind of, not all started. It kind of started quite quite a while ago. Before that, but I kind of had a, a long a long break from it, really. Um, so that's where I kind of got back involved with, you know, with playing again. Um, and obviously, that's where we sort of, um, like I say, we, we met playing for the Rolls and Crown. Um, man, I mean, that's probably going back. I don't know what. Ten years, maybe.
0: I'd say at least at least eight years back.
1: Yeah, something like that. We, so, we, I mean,
0: we've gone on leaps and bounds since then. I mean, you're now my captain.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. It's weird, isn't it? How it, uh, um, how it all spins on itself. Well, exactly, yeah. We, we, obviously, as a new team, we started in the in the lower divisions and we, we won the league and then we won the league and double the, the, the season after. Um, and then I think we won the league again, didn't we? Or did we get promotion?
0: You lose track yeah.
1: with all these trophies. It's, uh, it's difficult to, to keep on We're top good. of
0: we won quite a few now and the trophy cabinet's filling up.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, from a personal point of view as well, I've won player of the year um, one of those times as well in, in the first division before we went up, up to the Premier League, um, So, which, which was good. Obviously, Chris Heslop has won player of the year uh, under my captainship as well, you know, which is, which is good. It means you're sort of captaining the, the team in the right way if you guys are picking up victories and stuff like that. So, yeah It's been good. It's been it's been a good laugh, and unfortunately, because of COVID, it, it all got knocked on the head. And you know, fingers crossed, we'll be back playing soon.
0: I look forward to resuming. But you don't just play pool, do you? You play, you play snooker as well, or at least you did do.
1: Yeah, I played for um, what was the Catholic Club at the, at the time. Uh, played for about three seasons in that. Um, it's very different it's it's all based on a handicap system um where if you basically if you win a game your handicap gets lowered by one uh, and if you if you lose a game your handicap gets up by one um so I kind of sort of bobbed around with the same sort of handicap for a number of years really and never really never really got anywhere. I've always found that I was a better big table player which was quite unusual really because you usually get guys that are Sort of specialist small table players, um, you know, especially around around the cultural area, you've got like Lawmore and uh, the Legion and stuff like that with uh, with small tables. And yeah, it was um, it was good to play and good to play in, in the leagues, but unfortunately, you just, you just play one frame um, per per match as a as a player, which that, you know I found quite quite boring. Really, the good thing with with pool is you've you know, you've loads of different opportunities to play either singles or doubles. So, it's, oh, yeah. um, you know, it creates a, a better atmosphere, in my opinion, does pool.
0: So just out of curiosity then, I mean, I mean, you'll have an idea on the answer to this, I'll have an idea on the answer to this, but for those who are mm-hmm. listening, um, would you say it's easier to transition from pool to snook or snooker to pool?
1: As a transition, it's 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 easier to go from snooker to pool.
0: Yeah, I'd, 100%. I'd agree.
1: Yeah, if you, if you can um, learn
0: to pot on the bigger tables with the longer longer distance and the bigger angles, and you tend to be able to wrap up on a pool table a lot easier.
1: Yeah, well, I think you know some of the world's greatest snooker players will tell you this: that it's all about your white ball position, and it's yeah. um, you know it's, it's potting balls that makes potting balls easier. Um, you know, so uh, snooker's you've got a, a miles bigger margin for error in terms of getting out of position, let's say, um, whereas as pool you, you're a little bit more in control of of the cue ball and, and things like that. Um, yeah, and, and obviously, at various points in frames, you're going to have more opportunities for, for balls to be on. Um, whereas snooker, obviously, you've got to go for a colour after a red, which is more difficult.
0: No, I completely agree with that as well. Um... So no,
1: but it's, it's no. not to say that it's um it's impossible to go the other way because one of the one of the world's greatest snooker players started out as a pool player in Mark Selby, so you know it's not it's not unheard of for someone to go the other way.
0: No, no, I must admit I find it much harder to jump from pool to snooker. than I'm going to say I struggle with the distance of the table and that.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: But I see a lot of decent pool, snooker players come and play pool, and it's like like piece of cake for them that make it look so easy
1: yeah for sure yeah yeah I, i'd agree um especially like in in the amateur game like our our game like you know pub pub uh, leagues and stuff like that you hear like the phrase snooker player used a lot in in the pool leagues and stuff like that like yeah. oh he's a, he's a snooker player this guy and, yeah we've had that you know, a few times he's got used <laughs> about it it got used about myself when I first kind of joined the roles and um, you know Jack used it quite a lot. And I, I I just thought it was a bit. Mm, I I didn't like the phrase to be fair. Sadly enough, you know, I've always seen myself as a poor player to be fair. <laughs> you know. So.
0: Sadly enough, I remember I Go remember on. an incident of that happening as well at, at the Yeah.
1: We, yeah, we yeah.
0: Went yeah. To, we went on to was it was it scraper win or a draw after being heavily down? We had a really slow start. And we managed to scrape the draw of the win and they did not like it. And they yeah. called us players because we ground out the win by playing snookers, even though I've never yeah, stepped I've never really stepped foot on a snooker table in a in a competitive manner. So
1: <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was quite amusing. I think that was the the year that we um, we did the league and cup double as well because we beat them.
2: Yeah, in the uh, did.
1: in the final, didn't we?
0: I think we beat them in the cup final. It was either the cup final, yeah, or, or yeah. was it the last game they needed to beat us in the last game or something, something like that for the league or something like that? I think it was the cup, though.
1: yeah. I'm not sure. We, we beat yeah, them in, in a, an important game anyway, it made it all, yeah. uh, all the sweeter for sure, yeah.
0: And they were not happy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we got we got a lot of grief for that one off them.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: know, there's more no rules against playing tactically. <laughs> I don't I don't get what well, people exactly, yeah. about it there's there's a potting side to the game. There's also a tactical side to the game. It's whatever exactly. suits you best. And people who don't agree on players who don't play all out potting and play the the dirty tactical snookering game and grind out the win, it's still a way to win.
1: Of course it is, and one of my, you know, famous phrases will be, um, you know, on the only count as one. You know, it doesn't matter if you seven ball someone one, or take forty five minutes to beat someone. Exactly. You know, it still just counts as, as one frame. So, you know, that's what it goes down in the in the record books as. So, like I say, why, why should it? Why should it matter? Um, no, totally how you agree. get over the line?
0: Totally agree. So, um. Other sporting backgrounds, and do you have any other sporting background, or?
1: Um, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, you know, as, as you've seen at the moment, we've we've obviously started playing football uh, again. Most of us, um, some have obviously continued playing football, but yeah, most of us have continued uh, have started playing football again with with five side, and that's that's where I would say, well, I would say, pool is probably the main. Sport, you know, some people might argue that it's not a sport, but <laughs> hey ho. Um, yeah, I'd say football is, is second, sort of in, in my list. Really, sort of. I was a bit of a late starter, though, in, in terms of like local league, amateur, even junior football, really, because I didn't, I didn't play for Clitheroe Wolves, which is probably quite unheard of for, for people, you know, of the Ruble Valley and stuff like that. But um, I sort of only really started playing. Um, when we were at Cubs, we had a, a really good, good team then. Um, we were Loyola, which was essentially St Michael and St John's. Um, we had a brilliant school team, although I, I was always sort of just on the fringes of that, um, which was like seven, eight aside, side, something like that at the time. And then when uh, the Cubs football started, that was 11 aside. So, you know, pretty much everyone in our class, who had an interesting football got a go. So that was my kind of break. And I actually did all right um in, in, in certain periods. Um then obviously we off we went to secondary school and um I kind of lost a little bit of interest um sort of when I found my cue really. Um you know not that obviously we, we played snooker and pool at school but um like in the in the evenings and stuff like that, all I wanted to do was go up to the King's Arms with my dad and shoot some balls and stuff like that um, so I didn't really have time for, for, uh, for, for football um, it was only kind of when I kind of it, it sounds stupid really, when I kind of started going out drinking I kind of started mingling in with a new crowd and um, they actually said you know do you, to, do you want to play football for us and this was five a down at Rawfield. I'm sure you uh, yeah. played in, in that league indoor um, yeah,
0: I've I've, I've doubled in the Faversham Rawford League on the yeah. morning for a few for so quite we, a few we, seasons
1: actually. Yeah, so we we played down there for for quite a number of years really, and uh, we played for the the book team it was. So Stuart Farquhar was, can't what. was oh, the team captain. I, called. Um, I vaguely remember no,
0: called well, the Chicken Legends or something like that. I think I can't. Yeah. Remember.
1: The, the, there was all sorts of teams. There was like oh, we, um, we played against
0: things like the doctors which are doctor doc, yeah
1: yeah,
0: doctor yeah Zach and people like that and it was just like yeah, yeah. so fit as well Then doctors
1: yeah so so that was good for good for you know a good few years and then um it kind of kind of really took off when i actually started a new job at um Plumb Plum Centre, it was, and uh, mm-hmm. I met a couple of guys who I'll give a, a shout-out to. Uh, there was uh, Adam Spencer, who was quite sort of heavily involved in um, not the sort of management side of it, but he was kind of like the leadership group, if you will. Uh, he'd come into work and he was always on about playing for Waddington and stuff like this, and uh, he had a couple of lads working with him called Simon Holden and Simon Hodgson, who were, uh, who were very good, good football players. Um, Simon Holden, especially, uh, at his age. Uh, I think he ended up sort of playing for, um, what, Lancashire or something like that. Um, the, the, you know, this is going back, like, maybe 15 years from from now. I sort of started when I was, like, 19, 20. It's that kind of age. So, yeah, yeah. you probably talking 13, 14 years ago when they had, like, uh, regional teams and stuff like that. So he got called up for there. So anyway, kind of I kind of got dragged in and told, oh, do you want to come on to training uh, and stuff like that? So ended up going there. Had two really good seasons with them. I really enjoyed it. You know, I was of that that age, 1920, where you know it, it, there was a big drinking culture around it and stuff like that. And I I loved that side of it. You know, we with sort of going away two away games and you know, tipping a few beers after after the game and stuff like that. It was quality, um, but then kind of injury struck. I had a really bad injury up in uh, Settle, I think it was, um, where I kind of went up for a header with uh, with someone kind of challenging for a header. I, I was, you know, going back then. I was certainly not the build I am now. I was like built like a stick, built like two little twigs and. Went up for a headoo with someone, and they absolutely clattered me. And on the way down, um, I hyperextended my knee. Um, it was it was a horrible injury. I was out. I was on crutches for like three months. Yeah, um, that sounds painful. Had a little operation to to get sorted and whatever. It, it was it was a really nasty injury, and it kind of ended my eleven-a-side career right there. I never sort of really properly went went back to it really um ended up going to like a few pre-season trainings and stuff like that but certain injuries like that you just never you never like the same from it really and your, your confidence levels certainly took a hit like certainly one of them seasons um not for the first team I played quite a lot of football for the for the reserve team I think in the first season um obviously you don't get just chucked into the first thing I scored quite a lot I think I scored like 12 goals um you know, which which was decent, really. As soon as I joined, like halfway through the season, I had a really good, a really good, good season. Um, but then the second season was where, you know, disaster struck. Really, and it's um, you know, as much as much as I love the game and you know love talking about it, and we, you know, obviously you mentioned last time with Paul, you, we do the uh, the FPL league and stuff like that. As, as much as I do love it, it has caused quite a lot of um, you know like physical pain you know so yeah. it's um it's why I, I was certainly reluctant to to get back playing even with this five side thing um you know cuz our bodies aren't the same unfortunately we've seen that with a couple of um a couple of guys that have that have kind of joined us and, and played again so um yeah that that was kind of it really i've kind of gone back into five side uh, once i got fit again I actually had a year of managing the King's Arms Sunday League team as well, which was brilliant. But God, as good as it was, I would never do it again. Um, You know, playing is so much different to managing. It was an absolute nightmare (laughs) at at that kind of age. It was, um, you know, you still had a lot of young lads wanting to play, but most had been out on the Saturday night before. And, you know, you, you were, you were, scrambling around for a team on, on Sunday morning at like half eight nine o'clock would kick off at ten or something it was uh, amusing at times but also oh, looking back that. oh my god oh my god you're like what why are we doing this but no it was good we we um, we got to the the big semi-final well the cup semi-final it was it was quite a big cup and the final was Accrington Stanley and uh, we took it to a penalty shootout against Church Town, I, think, I believe they were called, who were a really good team. They were like flying high in the league. We took it to extra time, we took it to penalties, and then we lost on penalties, unfortunately. And, uh, oh, this is... Yeah, kind uh, no of. But playing at Aki Stanley was still season. quite enjoyable, though. Oh, it'd have been brilliant because we did, like, the following that we generally had, like, we didn't get many come on, coming on to watch, but we had a lot of interest, like, you know the size of our squad because of the amount of people you needed for Sunday League just to you know get eleven on the pitch every week our squad was like fifty sixty people, you yeah. know so whoever whoever made the team you know you would have certainly have had forty fifty people definitely there watching um which would have been pretty cool but yeah that that's that's kind of it really. I've kind of dabbled in a bit of golf um you know, we will not talk about that too much just. Uh, Such a a highly skilled game, but man, you've got to put some hours in 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 terms of practice and stuff like that to, in my opinion anyway, to make it worthwhile enjoying the game and it not being like a stressful game. Um, But other than that, I kind of played a bit of cricket at school. Um, That's probably up there with with my favourite sports. Um, But unfortunately, I've never, never taken it. To the level of actually playing for for a local team. Um, same with darts, really. You know, I, I can I can throw an half decent arrow, and uh, unfortunately, just never really considered sort of playing in the local leagues and stuff like that. So, but yeah, that's just, that's about it for for my uh, sporting pedigree, shall we say?
0: No, well, thank you very much for sharing that with us. So, just out of curiosity, then, obviously, so you, you've. Obviously, you've, you've had your footballing background, pool background, but I also know you mm-hmm. like to go to a lot of sports and events and stuff. Who? Yeah, absolutely. Who, who's the biggest, famous people that you've you've come on to meet then? We've gone to some of these sporting events. I know I've seen a few pictures with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. uh, it's an interesting one. That's one that I've um, not prepared anything for, but I would say certainly... Um, Myself and Chris Heslop, who I mentioned before, had an interesting meeting with um, Sean Murphy, who, strangely enough, we kind of got a weird um, sort of Twitter thing going on. Like, I'll just drop it in every couple of years and sort of say, Mr Creed and stuff like this, and he'll he'll know it was us. Basically, uh, we were watching uh, the Players' Championship, I think it was, uh, at Manchester um, and how Chris smelt it, I don't know, but he must have like a super sense of smell. Basically, we were sat at the back of the stand, so maybe we were like 15 rows back or something like that. Yeah. And Chris was like, can you smell that aftershave? I was like, no, I cannot smell jack shit. Anyway, he was like, I'm sure that's Creed Aventus. I was like, right, for one, I don't know what that is. For two, it could be anyone. You know, it could have been literally <laughs> One of two and a half thousand people in the arena. But no, he was like, no, I'm sure it's Sean and I'm sure he's wearing Creed events." So I was like, right, well, when the game finishes, how about this? To sh- shut you up, let's go down and ask him if he's wearing Creed events." So basically that's what we did. We, as, the, as the match finished, we didn't go down to where the players' seats are. We actually went down sort of behind the cameras where Sean was like signing autographs and checking everyone's hand everyone's hand. And Chris just went up to him and said, I know you've probably had some questions in your time, but are you wearing Creed Aventus? Or what aftershave are you wearing? And Sean said, Creed Aventus or yes. And we were like, Oh my God. <laughs> so ever since I'm like just dropping in now and again. Um, I think I did it actually when he uh, when he got to the final of, of, of the World Championship said you know congratulations mr Krieg, and i think you like the tweet so he's uh yeah he's still there other than that um you know i haven't actually met anyone that, that springs to mind you know like the, a, the a golf chance. one i've seen
0: with you and paul and andy
1: oh yeah we uh tony Bellew when we we're at um yeah oh, man. Oh, i'm gonna forget the course now he's gonna kill me um <laughs> I think it was Birkdale. Yeah, Is it Birkdale? I think it was Birkdale. Um, yeah, we were basically walking around. Uh, we decided in the morning, like, we'll walk around uh, and then we'll see if we can find a good spot. Anyway, we're walking around and Tony Belly's there having photos with everyone. And basically, um, we tried, well, we, we sort of ran after him and he had his phone out saying, Tony, Tony, you know, can we, have a, can we have a photo on all this? And he's like, come on, lad. And all this <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my god so basically, oh man um so yeah we we got what we thought was a photo at the time actually it turns out to be like a 10 second video of andy trying to sort of get a photo okay. of us and he's <laughs> taking a video which was pretty pretty cool um yeah one like things to mind
0: that? for me as well which i remember happening we were playing over at the Stoke in Reed and the team we used to play with um, which had James and Dom and that which oh, was part of his yeah. team um, I, I think is, it, is yeah. it James's missus uh, uh, dad's related to Steve Davis
1: yeah I don't know if they're related or they're just really good friends oh, and stuff like that I stayed with ahead. them and stuff like that we yeah. would
0: to watch James um, play because James yeah. and, his par- right. and his partner were there and he came into the wrong pub in Reed and came into our pub That's while right. we we're playing <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I was actually Davis. I remember you wanted to just quickly get a picture with him before you left.
1: <laughs> do, do you know I no, you've got it wrong because that wasn't me, because I didn't actually see him. I was in the toilet and came back oh, out and it? everyone was like, Steve Steve Davis has just been I was like
2: you know, one of my to get biggest sporting
1: heroes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, I think he must have been Jack. So I was like, oh got you know, one of my sporting heroes has just literally walked in the pub, you know, that we're in. Uh, had a couple of photos with people, and, you know. One of them wasn't me, so there we go. Yeah, I think I was playing at the time,
0: <laughs> but, so I couldn't have a picture either.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Yeah. No,
0: just, just, it's just crazy how you tend to bump into these sport and celebrities. It's kind of, kind of crazy. Yeah, it's, it, you're you right. It's usually in the most lives.
1: Yeah, it's it's usually in the most random sort of situations yeah. as well, like like that, isn't it? So yeah.
0: So no, and just just the last little section on this bit is um, so your favourite sports and your favourite teams. So um, just go over who like obviously what you like like to watch, what you like to.
1: Yeah, of course. Well, obviously football-wise, um, I'm a Blackburn Rovers supporter. Um, I also follow Glasgow Rangers. Um, yeah, obviously Rovers. I have supported since well. Since I remember, um, due to you know, my dad was a, a well, is a rover supporter. Sounds like he's dead, but you know, he is a, a rover supporter. Um, so yeah, you know, been going on since I was four or five. Not been on for the last couple of seasons. You know, religiously, it's a bit of a shame, really, because you know, I still still follow the team with the same sort of passion I always have. I've kind of just given up in in the sense that. Sounds really bad, but you know, we're crap now, aren't we? <laughs> you know, and it's no, uh, um,
0: we're, we're an average team now. We were, we were, we were, we're back kind of where for the size of the club we are, where we probably belong. We were punching
1: above all yeah. time. Well, that's the thing. Like, when I was sort of watching religiously with season tickets and going away in Europe and stuff, I was like mid 20s, and you know, I I'd, I'd kind of was kind of sort of half still living at home. Um, you know, with the with the freedom, money-wise and financially, I was I was able to go into Europe and, and watch them and stuff like that. So that was brilliant. And now it's just, you know, we're getting beat by mediocre championship clubs, and it's just very demoralising. And you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't give you the feeling that you want to go on, you know, week after week. Whereas, like when we were in the Premier League, um, you know, we were holding our own, but you'd have the experience of Europe now and again. You know, every Three or four seasons and stuff like that. So, um, you know, they were a good club to follow then. Um, maybe not so much now. Um, but I suppose that what, that's what makes it, you know, a good supporter from a, a poor supporter. Really, I have no shame in classing myself as a poor supporter. Really, you know, I'm uh, very fickle in that sort of sense. I'll, I'll I'll go and watch them when when they play when they play well and, and, and do well you know jump on the bandwagon but um, in terms of Rangers um, I kind of got into watching them because of uh, one of my friends uh, Matthew Musgrove uh, liked Rangers at, at school and we were we were kind of uh, you know mates from a young age and it kind of just got me into them um, especially at the time with Gascoigne playing for them when I was like nine ten you know so when it, it I, you know, I loved watching the guy. He was just an absolute icon. Um, you know, I am still 30, 36 years old, you know, playing football now. I tried to play like Gazza. You know, you can, I'm sure you, you, you'll you sort of, you know, echo that with, with seeing how I kind of play the game. Um, oh, no, definitely. You know, I, I've grown up watching him and loved the guy. Um Until he went to Burnley, of course. And then uh, (laughs) then it all went wrong. But actually, you know, I was watching a clip just recently um, about him telling a story about Les Ferdinand and um, his genitalia uh, during Euro 96 in the tournament. Um, If you've not seen the the clip, then go and watch it. But he actually says um, he regrets going to Burnley and he calls them inbred, so... At least he realised the uh, the error of his ways going going to so the well, turf.
0: I'm assuming I'm assuming he tried to shake hands with you and realised he had more than more than five digits. So
1: no, it's just, uh, just saying, just well, it's 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 an interesting. Uh, well, it's not interesting. It's just it's just a very funny story. Uh, one of many that that he tells, I suppose. There's an even better story about an ostrich as well, if you. If you just bang it into YouTube or a search engine or whatever, it'll, uh, it'll come up. Just put just put Gaza ostrich and it'll come up. It's brilliant.
0: Uh, I'll put that out on the Twitter 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 page for the for the channel for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, definitely. For those uh, who are listening who want to see, um,
1: it. yeah. But I mean, other than the football, um, I'm kind of um, you know mad on England and cricket. I'll I'll support them and and usually watch them through. Really thick and thin um, I've been to see him a couple of times it's so difficult to get tickets uh, for, for for tests and, and stuff like that and uh, but yeah um, I've been to watch Lancashire quite a few times as well in the uh, in the T20s um, you know again I'll, I'll try and keep up with, with the results of, of Lancashire in the cricket but it's very difficult to sort of keep track of, of the uh, of the team and the players and stuff like that um, just because they, they usually sort of turn around the squads that that frequent that you know it's uh, it's difficult to sort of keep track of favorite players and, and stuff like that. But other than that, I'm kind of just really into solo sports. So you know, snooker and, and pool and golf and stuff like that. Which I, I don't really have favorite players. Um, no favorite, on, favorite it, player. <laughs> Um. It'd be easy to say O'Sullivan, really, but it, it would be easy bit, to
0: say O'Sullivan. But I, I know you, but, I know you kind of like this nuke, so I just thought maybe there's one know, that you like, enjoy watching more than others. No, I've always,
1: I mean, in terms of a fav, I wouldn't say I have a favorite at all. You know, I do just enjoy watching it for the love of the game, really. But the yeah. player I sort of do enjoy watching the most will probably be Ding, um, <laughs> just because of I think he's probably the best break builder ever. I think he's um, head and shoulders above um, anyone, really, probably, also Sullivan and Hendry in that sort of sense. But, unfortunately, the reason that he's not really won anything is his safety game. And probably strong. his mentality isn't isn't the strongest, no.
0: No, no, that's, that's pretty interesting. So, no, thank you very much for that. So, um, just moving on to probably the next little segment, and then we'll go to a break. So, um all I, all, I was gonna ask you. I did the same with my last guest. Um, I was gonna ask you some uh-huh. of your funniest sporting moments that you remember.
1: Yeah, right. Well, I've certainly mentioned two just before. Um, in fact, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the story about um, Gascoigne and Les Ferdinand. Um, <laughs> just because, <laughs> like I say, I haven't got, I haven't got five. I've only got two others, but. That's fine. Excuse me. Um, yeah, the, the gas going one is, is brilliant. So basically, um they're getting changed into the kit ahead of the Scotland game, Euro ninety six. Um, Gaza looks over at Les Ferdinand whilst is getting changed and realizes he he's got he's got a third arm hanging from his legs. Um so anyway, Gaza being Gaza walks over to him, says, Come on then, Les, you know, let's have a hold of that. So he's like, Well. No one then, why not? Anyway, obviously, Gaza then goes on to score one of the best goals for England ever. It's certainly one of the top three, you know, yeah, top three goals, in, in my opinion. Uh, you know, maybe the best ever. Um, so then going into the Holland game, you know, Gaza's like, Come on, then, Les you know, you see how I played in the last game, you know, let's have a hold of it again. It's Milky Jam. England going to win the game 4 1. Um, so obviously, you know you know what's coming ahead of the Spain game in the uh, the last um, the last eight. Um, obviously England didn't do as well in that game, but they still went through I think they went through on penalties actually. It kind of goes under the radar that penalty shootout because you know, they had this sort of thing of hanging over them about not winning a penalty shootout for all these years, but I'm sure they won that penalty shootout anyway. Gaza scored a penalty in the shootout, um, so on we go to the to the semi final. And by this time, Les Ferdinand isn't even getting changed before the game. He's just literally standing by the door, his hands behind his head, with his pants down, saying, "Come on, Gaza, just get it over with." And uh, yeah, so you know, Gaza's just fondling his arm. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's a brilliant it's a brilliant story and i'm sure if you can find the video Gazza will probably tell it better than uh, than i just have but yeah it's a good one i'll definitely see if i can find uh, that and
0: share that to the twitter feed yeah it's
1: class <laughs> the ostrich one is even better but again he'll he'll tell it he'll tell it better than i am um the other one is england related as well um, it's the raheem sterling ghost goal um against Italy I was watching uh, I think that was the World Cup 2012 I think maybe it was 2016 it must have been 2016 because Sterling would have been what 22 then maybe 21 22 yeah it must have been 2016 anyway um, no it was uh, 2016 was Euros wasn't it it must have been well, it doesn't matter what year is. it must have been 2014 anyway mm. So, the first sort of five, ten minutes, um, I was watching the game in the Legion, you know, in the bottom room. You had the big screen down, the atmosphere was bang in. It was an evening game, I'm sure. And uh, yeah, Sterling gets the ball on sort of on the halfway line, beats a man, um, you know, drops a shoulder, strikes the ball, goes past Buffon and into the side netting. But that's not what the 99% of the people in the Legion thought. Everyone thought it had gone in. The music started, it's coming over and all this. I started three lines and started over the Tannoy, and no one could see the screen because everyone was jumping in front of the screen for about two or three minutes. No one noticed that it had, it, it, well, not even been disallowed, it just didn't even go in. You know, it was there was beer everywhere. Oh man, it was absolutely brilliant. Um I was what I was actually watching the game with um I think Glendinsdale and uh Danny Sharples. And uh like I say, oh man, once we realised that it hadn't hadn't even it didn't even show a replay like because it wasn't even like you know, obviously it was close, it hit the side it wasn't really like remotely close to even going in. Yeah. Oh, man, it was, honestly, it was ridiculous. I've never seen anyone, not even just like one person, like a full room celebrate a, a goal and it didn't even go in. So that was um, that was pretty funny. Uh, and the last one I'll mention is um, a boxing one, actually. Um, I was actually watching, um, I was in a bit of a YouTube hole and uh, I was watching some boxing stuff um, about George Groves, weirdly and, I, like uh, and uh, I ended up watching um, like a highlight reel of the James DeGale versus George Groves fight I remember it anyway they were, they were both undefeated going into the fight and uh, obviously it went the distance it went to points so at this point um, you know they're announcing the winner and, and the uh, the MC sort of starts with and the winner still undefeated and James De starts going crazy, and then he realizes that George Groves is also undefeated. So, he's... <laughs> uh, I remember he, that uh,
0: happening. I do remember it. He, know, goes, so, he goes nuts, doesn't he? Celebrating, and then then he realizes, yeah, and then it's, he all, it's, it's not
1: him. It's, it's literally only for like a second, maybe a second. Like, yeah. but he's up. He, you know, he thinks he's won it, and then the sort of the MC kind of carries on. Saint George Groves and all, and he's like, oh my god, his face. I think he knows yeah. at that point, like, oh my god, he's never, ever gonna live that down. So that was, that was, um, that was pretty funny. Yeah, it's cool.
0: <laughs> no, I I know what you mean. though, getting into them YouTube polls. I mean, you've seen it, you've seen it yourself, in posted <laughs> stuff to you guys. But no, yeah. I'm watching. I, I I like. I've been doing a lot of research when we're doing these podcasts now for funny stuff. And one that yeah. caught my eye only only a couple of days ago was um, I can't remember who the players were now, but there was a goalkeeper he's got the ball and the striker's slowly jogging away from goal and he goes to throw it up the pitch and it's the back of the striker's head and it bounces over and goes into the net. <laughs>
2: and Brilliant. I just got a
0: laugh and he's got his hands on his head as if to say, what have I just done? Obviously, giving the Uber <laughs> team a goal purely just by throwing the ball at the striker's head.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm pretty sure I've seen the car. I can't think who it is, to be fair, though. I can't yeah. think it it is off
0: the top of my head now, but that was what no. I saw the day before. yeah. Yeah, I'm constantly I'm constantly doing all my little researches now for funny stuff and little, yeah, little of course, just to talk about. But yeah, no, that was one that that was one that tickled me yesterday, a day before. So
1: yeah, no, it was uh yeah, brilliant.
0: But no, no, thank you for that. So the like uh, um... I said, the um... sorry, my dog yeah, decided right. to say hello. <laughs> <laughs> So um no, so the next part the next part just before we go to a break is um so what's your top five sporting moments like like biggest wins or something like that in, in history sort of thing? So it could be like England winning the World Cup or won yeah, the World yeah. Cup? or like your top five well, we favourite.
1: We actually had this discussion yeah. in our uh, FPL um WhatsApp chat, didn't we, quite a while ago. Yeah, it was quite um, a long time ago. Thankfully, like, yeah. Yeah, thankfully I found it. So I because I didn't want to sort of give a give a top five and someone come back to, to say, oh no, it wasn't then, so why is it now? And all this. So anyway, I, I managed to find it. And um, but I have sort of just slightly altered it a little bit just to give a bit of variation. Um I'll go in going sort of reverse order. Um number number five, I've gone for Ronnie O'Sullivan's. 2013 world championship win uh this was the year after he had his one year break um i think in terms of a sporting moment it's maybe not you know it's maybe not the most iconic um you know like a standout. but i just think for for the actual sort of achievement of it i think from a personal point of view i I think I, i i would have to say it know, the guy literally hadn't lifted a cue for a year, um, and then just, you know, came back and, and won the world championship. It's it's almost like yeah. an impossible feat. It's like it shouldn't it shouldn't be possible to do that, and it obviously just shows his um, his brilliance at, at, at the time. Um, you know, like I say, it's just a fantastic achievement. Um, the next one, I'll say the um, the England, the Columbia uh, penalty shootout win. Um, I think in terms of, yeah, I think in terms of like just, just the build up to, to the game and how the tournament was, was going, um, you know, the country was alive at, at that point and, you know, everyone was sort of on the bandwagon of, of the national team and stuff like that. Um, you know, so to have that moment, and we we actually watched it in quite quite brilliant circumstances. We actually watched it in the um, uh, in what was the villa on, on Worley Road, and yeah, uh, yeah it was um, it was quite quite strange. Really, we actually watched it on Paul's laptop oh. um, because because we were there for a party. Um, yeah, it it was uh, it was um, my sister-in-law uh, Paul's stepdaughter um it was her 21st birthday so we kind of couldn't really not go uh, um, although it was very uh very selfish of her to have her birthday on the uh yeah.
2: you know on the same sem- <laughs> on, sem- on the
1: uh on the last 16 of her uh, of the world cup but you know anyhow. but yeah, yeah but it was the um, moment
0: when people started to believe we could do it as well because we won yeah, the exactly. shoot shootout in a long time so
1: yeah of course yeah no it was a fantastic moment for again another great sporting moment, you've got to have Aguero's ninety-three twenty goal in there. It was, it was um, you know, such an iconic moment, and I think it'll it'll go down in uh, Premier League history.
0: That's the is that the one where they clinched the title, or with it?
1: Uh yeah,
0: yeah. Um, you
1: know, obviously in the, in the last trying, minute. Um, yeah, I'm
0: trying to remember. It, was, it, was it Palace who were playing?
1: No, it was QPR. Obviously, going into QPR, going into injury yeah. time, they were losing the game. Not they even, were. not even drawing, and then and Jackal scoring. And Aguero. United
0: game actually finished, didn't it? And United was in and City yeah. was in extra time. United game they finished. They thought they won the league. I remember it now. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, and then all the sort of the league guys, yeah,
0: and then United fans like kind of sat there like biting their nails, but the, like you say, Aguero yeah. popped
1: up right at the end. Exactly, I remember watching that in my uh, in my living room. Um, I'm not a City fan. I'm not a United fan. I'm, you know, not completely neutral. I don't think to, anybody to, had to be a
0: fan of either team to enjoy that moment though.
1: No, and I, I I literally remember standing up on on my sofa with my hands on my head, going, "Oh my God, what's just happened?" It was just a ridiculous <laughs> moment. It's brilliant. Um, but the final two just before I know you want to head off to the break. But the um, number two, I've got the Cricket World Cup final, England against New Zealand. Fantastic um, shout. Winning in winning in the super over. Um, yeah, I remember remember watching it. We had actually started watching the game with uh, Andy and Paul Rand at uh, at my house. Uh, they sort of left, you know, for the, for the evening. Um, yeah, I remember watching it, and oh my god, that super over was torture. I can only describe it as torture. It was ridiculous, and then obviously the run out at the end and. Um, the iconic commentary, uh, you know, by the barest of all margins. That was, you know, pretty pretty special. Um, but the number one that, I, that I'll go for in terms of um, a sporting moment uh, is Ben Stokes and his 135 not out against Australia at heading in the Ashes. Um, yeah. yeah, it I was forgot about that one. No. Sure. Yeah, uh, there's, there's a bit of a, a funny backstory to it as well. Um, me and Kerry were actually, uh, we'd been to Blackpool, actually, for the day. Um, yes. So we were kind of, well, on for a couple of hours and we we're kind of driving back. Um, I think we got to the car just as the uh, afternoon session had started. Um, and we were that engrossed in listening to it on the radio. So I wasn't actually even watching. I was listening to it on uh TMS test match special, and uh, actually missed the turning to um, to go onto the M55. Ended up somewhere up near the Lake District um, <laughs> before we even realised because she was dying in it as well. That we even realised where we were. Honestly, I was just literally, you know, just just driving, not even Depending not even concentrating walking. on the road. No, it was. Yeah. Um, Oh man, and then when I got home, obviously watched the highlights. What an innings! What a special moment, and what a special player!
0: No, definite definite legend of the game is Ben Stokes. Um, oh wow, I'm gonna say I completely forgot about that one, to be fair. So, no, good shout. So, no, thank you for that.
1: Yeah, um, no, no, it's like, like I say, it, I wanted to make it, um. Yeah, you know personal personal to me um and uh yeah like i said there's a couple of funny funny backstories to to them and uh especially the ben one. one oh my god we were in the car for probably about three and a half hours coming back from black belt to clitherall which is what <laughs> it i thought in hour to get
0: back as well so
1: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly that was uh ridiculous that's
0: brilliant, that's brilliant. <laughs> Okay, well we'll, <laughs> we'll wrap this first segment up there. And we'll we'll go for a quick break and everybody out there if you want to go grab yourself a brew, nip to the bathroom and we'll 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 join you for round 2 um in a in a minute or so. See you shortly. Okay, well um Welcome back from that short break. Um, thank you for rejoining us, Matt. And um, yeah, we're on to the news part of the show now.
1: Okay, let's go.
0: Okay, so I think probably the biggest news of the week was um, the heartbreaking moment when Christian Eriksen suffered a cardiac arrest on the pitch during the Denmark versus Finland game. Yeah, um, Absolutely. I mean i I don't know if you saw it, but i mean I, I witnessed it and it it was horrible to horrible to witness
1: um do you know i didn't actually i wasn't actually watching the game live you know i've been actually pretty poor for for watching games in the uh in the championship so it's um it's no surprise that that I missed it um but obviously I have seen some of the some of the footage not not like I was searching for it or anything but um yeah you know it's hard to get away from sometimes that he, like people put it on uh social media and TikTok yeah. and stuff like that so I, I've seen it um yeah it wasn't wasn't nice and you know thankfully he's uh he's still with us
0: absolutely yeah I mean for those who don't know he, he he's now he's now stable he's he's still still been still in the hospital or well, last I heard he's still in the hospital but he's having an i c e fitted which is a bit similar to a pacemaker yeah mm-hmm. Um. but no I mean I think as well as um, credit to the medical team who did a fantastic job I think a little bit of credit has to go out to the Denmark team in particular and those players that stand out for me from there as well as um, Simon, um Kahaya and and um, the goalkeeper as well Kasper Schmeichel I think both of them Stood up when they were needed and did a fantastic job.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I've read a lot about the guy uh, Kier, I think it's pronounced Simon Kier. Um, yeah. I think he's been round. He's been around quite a bit. Um, he's sort of part of the like leadership group of the, of the Danish team, and he seems, um, you know, a real, a real strong leader and uh you know a great character a great lad to, to obviously have around the camp and stuff like that and obviously he, he must be an half decent player to to be keeping out um Christensen and um, whoever else it was that, that didn't that didn't play um but obviously there's a lot has been made about schmeichel as well and again credit's got to be given to, to that guy especially what happened with the um you know the Leicester City owner and stuff like that that Absolutely. going back a few years. Um you know he was he was right on the front line of the response to that as well. So he's witnessed you know, some
0: horrific um, situations over the years,
1: hasn't he? Yeah. I know, yeah. Um but you know looking back at it it's probably something like 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 that that, that will make him stronger and, and make him um you know react a lot a lot better to to situations like what happened with Ericsson you know you, you look at it with more yeah more a clearer mind and um you know it's funny like you, you hear a lot of people like that have done first aid training and CPR training I've actually done both you know being in, in the position I'm in with worker stuff you've got to sort of yeah. tack on board stuff stuff like that um but I've always said you know given the given the situation I think if I was ever in the situation where I had to deal with something like that I think I'd crap my pants you know i no, I've no shame in sort of saying that you know I, I like to think I'm quite a sort of level-headed strong character anyway but put in that sort of situation it's obviously very pressurized you've literally got someone's life in in your hands you know so um I don't know I, I think I'd crumble but um I think you know, think credit, credit to yeah credit to credit, credit to all involved for obviously keeping him alive and whether he comes back and plays or not, I, I, I don't think he'll be all that bothered at the moment. He'll you know just be happy that he's got his, his life and you um, can obviously still see his wife and kids and whatever, you know. So, um, yeah, I mean, I hope he comes back because he's a fantastic player as well. Well,
0: apparently other players have had um, such devices fit and have come back and played, I mean, um, one of the um, guys we both know, Paul. He, he informed me that um, Daily blind has one fitted,
1: and he's still yeah. Playing, well, so. I've seen it. Seen a few times that he's like collapsed on the pitch and, and stuff. Whether it was heart attacks or just like fainting or seizures or whatever. But I, I do remember seeing him sort of collapse on the pitch. Obviously, the, the most high-profile one is Fabrice Mwamba, Um Absolutely. which I think. Yeah, you know, obviously he's uh, he's still with us, but that was a, a you know a horrendous situation. Yeah, that was uh, a miracle that, that he occurred.
0: I that. I mean, um, yeah, it's like nearly two hours or something like that. He, he was yeah, exactly. Yeah, insane uh, to think that his heart stopped and they struggled to keep him alive that long.
1: Yeah, exactly, and and maybe looking back a little bit further, you've got the lad that used to play for Manchester City, Martin Vivian Foley, who, who yeah. I collapsed on the pitch. I don't. Well, I don't know if that was a um, heart it was Africa, issue, but obviously he it was, a, he heart, died it was on a heart pitch. Issue. It.
0: Wasn't it in the Africa Cup of Nations or something like that?
1: Yeah, I, I know it was playing for he his country, for country. Obviously yeah. for, for City, but yeah, it was, uh, obviously it was a terrible, terrible situation.
0: Yeah, it's scary to think when you, when that, that when you see these footballers and how fit they are, that stuff like this can just happen in an instance. Totally, but it can happen to anyone, can't
1: it? Well, and yeah, I think, absolutely. I think it's like anything, though. You've sometimes got to go through a pretty, you know, bad situation and something like what happened with Foe and Wamba and, and stuff like that. And then, you know, they start having defibrillators in in stadiums and by the pitch side and stuff like that. So, you know, some good has come out of, you know, unfortunately someone obviously passing away and it, and it happened and not regularly, but like every every five or six years or whatever it is. Yeah, you know, some good is coming out of it that they are sort of progressing with, you know, the speed of the treatment and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, you know, you've got to you've got to look at situations like that for why, for why he is still with us. Exactly.
0: So moving slightly on from Christian Eriksen, still still Euros related, and later on in the news, think I'll quickly go through the results so far in the Euros, but. Um, keeping Euros related, um, I don't mm-hmm. know if you noticed, but Ronaldo's snub at Coca-Cola apparently has lost <laughs> $4.6 billion in value.
1: Now, <laughs> it's, all, yeah, it's all to do with share value and stuff like that, isn't it? Yeah. But it's, um, it's hardly surprising. Now, there's been an article but, uh,
0: posted by BBC saying that um, teams at the Euro 2020 could face fines if their players move drinks provided by sponsors at news conferences. 'Cause apparently when well, not, yeah. not the first we've done it, it's been it's happened numerous times now. Locatelli did it with Italy, Pogba did it, um, when he removed a bottle of Heineken beer. But they said they understand mm-hmm. that one with the fact he is practicing Muslim, so obviously they don't drink beer.
1: Yeah. Of but course. Some of yeah. the
0: other players who are removing these bottles out of the, out of shot of the screen. They said the other one they're meant to they're meant to be there because they're sponsoring the tournament, are being now told that he could face fines if they do move
1: the drinks, which kind do of you know, crazy uh, when you think about do... it, but yeah, it is. I mean, I did find it very strange that um, that, it, that was even like an advertising, um, you know, sort of, you know, just a way of advertising the product. Just for, exactly. You wouldn't even think it, would you? Placing.
0: And I bet they didn't even no. think it when they moved the drinks out way. No, well, exactly. I think out um, of oh, bit... the water. So and they've moved the yeah. other way out of the water. So for something it's so a bit... small, it seems kind of crazy, really.
1: It's a bit presumptuous by the, um, you know, by the the manufacturers to to sort of just think that it's all right, just a product place yeah. in in front of in front of them. Um, when obviously, especially with the beer one, you've got guys who, um, you know, because of their religion, don't drink beer. So it's it's not really fair to to have done that. Um, is it fair? Yeah, very strange. Actually, I mean, I saw something. Um, Something after the um the Ronaldo and Locatelli incident. Um yeah. it was John McGinn doing a press conference and they didn't actually have the bottles there and he uh he was like sort of pretending to move the ball, saying, uh, oh there's Nick Oak, <laughs> isn't there? <laughs> and something like that. So well, apologies for crap US Scottish
0: accent But yeah, you said that the partnerships are integral to the delivery of the tournament and to ensuring the development of football across Europe. So therefore, they said that they didn't want the bottles removed um from view because it obviously then makes them look like, well, well, we don't like Coca-Cola, we don't like Coca-Cola. So then they'll oh well Ronaldo doesn't like Coca-Cola.
1: Well, I don't know. It's uh, I don't I don't get it, but it's one for debate, isn't it? But yeah, it's a very strange situation. I mean, so how, how many people
0: do you know that are go playing football or go play a very high intense sport, want to have a drink of beer or a bottle of coke the second they stop running around the pitch? You or beer, I can understand
1: for sure. Yeah,
0: you want <laughs> yeah. a bottle of water so a... to rehydrate first. You might go home and have a beer yeah. later on, but
1: yeah, of course, yeah. Um, mm. yeah, the coke one, especially, you, you don't see anyone having a bottle of coke after doing exactly. any sort of exercise, really. It's uh, certainly make you feel very bloated and um, yeah. gassy and stuff like that, so um. Yeah, like, like I say, it's a, a very odd situation to have occurred, but I understand it from the from the player's point of view, for sure.
0: So, next up, we have Murray made his return to tennis um, in the Queen's he Queens tournament. He beat... Um, hang on. He beat Benoit Pair 6-3, 6-2, to reach a second round of Queen's. Um, right but unfortunately fell short at the, at the next round um, to the ranked ninth seed. But it's good yeah. to see Rory back and trying to get back into the sport again after being out for such no, a long time. No, of course.
1: Time. Of course, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I didn't actually notice that. I, I missed that, he's, uh, that he'd made his comeback. But, um, no, it's great to see one of um, Britain's greatest ever sportsmen, in, in my opinion, although some people won't... Um, you know, I sort of want share that view. Um, yeah, you know, because he's quite sort of passionate about his own country, Scotland. But at the end of the day, he's uh, a British athlete, and um, you know, he's he's got to go down as um, as one of the one of the greatest of all time. You know, from 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 our shores, anyway. So yeah, no, it's good to see him back. It's good to see he's obviously still got the passion to come back and and play because it was looking bleak for him for, for quite a period of time. With his oh, uh, his injury, I didn't um, think he was
0: going to come back. You know, I thought I thought that
1: was no, no. Well, you can understand it because obviously, I mean, yeah. we spoke about before. Um, you know, dealing with um, dealing with injuries, and um, you know, and it's not just the actual physical pain; it can put you in. It's obviously the mental torture that it can that, that exactly. it can have on you um, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, good on him. Yeah, I'm glad to see he's uh he's back whether he can get back to the levels that you know where he's competing in, in major championships and, and I'm I'm not sure, but as long as he can come back and you know make a decent a decent do of it and, and earn a bit of money, then good on him.
0: Exactly. Even if he doesn't go far in tournaments now, the fact he's back playing and
1: doing something he really enjoys, it's just good to see him back on the court. Yeah, of course, and he's a he's a great ambassador for 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 Britain and you know, and the game. As a, as a whole in this country, just him coming back and sort of, um, you know, get people back in, back into the sport and, you know, you might see the, the next Andy Murray coming out of him just, you know, doing something as simple as coming back. So, yeah, Absolutely. like I say, good on him.
0: So, talking about tennis and Olympic tennis players, um, Nadal has pulled out of Wimbledon and the Tokyo 2020 Olympics as well.
1: Yeah, um, I send I send the highlight, and I think it basically said it was to prolong his career.
0: Yeah, from what I read, mean, um,
1: it was to prolong his career as well. Yeah, i um, not so sure about that one. Um, I don't know if he is actually injured or if he's just doing it, you know, because he wants to. Be fit for the tournaments that he's better in. You know, like the French yeah. Open and stuff like that, when it's on the surfaces that, that he on the clear ones, um, like he's good at. Yeah, he's more accustomed to. Uh, I'm not sure, but um, if that is the case, then you know I think it's wrong. I think he should he should play if he's fit. Um, I would agree with
0: that. I mean, I can understand he's getting on a bit now, and maybe he wants to pick and choose his tournaments where he thinks he has the best chance of winning.
1: But yeah, it's it's a difficult one, is it? Because you you're trying to sell tickets and sell you know the product, and you've got the viewing figures and all the stuff like that to think about, and the sponsors who obviously sponsor the tournament based on you know players being available to play and stuff like that. So um, I think it's different with with certain sports. I think, um, but I certainly think with tennis, like it, it should be a case of if you fit, then. <laughs> You know, you should play, really. Yeah.
0: No, I, I completely agree. Talking about Olympics as well, um, mm. there's I've, I've read quite a lot of articles on the Olympics because I've been trying to brush up on a bit of knowledge on what's going on there. So mm-hmm. the Olympics, as far as I'm aware, will go ahead, even though the Japanese public have been wanting it to be cancelled due to COVID fears. Japan yeah. has been in a state of emergency up until about five weeks before it starts. Um, yeah help lower the numbers of COVID and then from what I'm hearing at the moment as it stands there will be no international fans and they're urging Japanese public to try and watch at home they haven't decided yet whether they will have fans in the stadium or not for um, the events I think they're going to decide um, that here at the time yeah I mean
1: it's a sensible decision really if, if, if they're struggling with sensible, the sensible, yeah. Yeah, obviously the international fans thing goes without saying. I, you know, I think I think you'd be you'd be foolish to oh, to go totally. to a country that's struggling with the virus just to watch the Olympics when you can watch it at home. Um, but in terms of um, it actually going ahead, I think it should. You know, you've obviously got the testing that's going on. Um, I've no doubt that Japan has probably got a better testing system in place than than we have. Um, you know, or if not the same, um, yeah. which which kind of works for for getting, you know, elite sport. Well, not getting it going, but obviously carrying carrying it on. Um, so, yeah, for sure, it, it should it should go ahead. Um, it was obviously rightly delayed last summer because um, the world was basically closed. Um, but but now, yeah, it, it should it should hundred percent go ahead. Um, in terms of obviously the Japanese fans and you know them being told to sort of watch at home if if possible and, and whatever then you know if that's what the authorities are saying then that's what that's what should happen um, which is unfortunate because obviously we're seeing at the moment with the Euros that getting fans back into stadiums is so much better than the um, than the empty stadiums or or crowd noise. Um, the crowd noise, especially, did my head in. I, I couldn't watch it at, at times. It's um, just the like two or three second delay was tragic. I, I just just was not a fan of that.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, well, from, from what I read, the the Olympics are due to start on the twenty third of July. The Paralympics a month later on the twenty fourth of August. Um, yeah. The Prime Minister of Japan has urged the public to watch the games on the television rather than attending the events in person. Mm-hmm. He said it's important to curb the spread of the infection. And as like, like I say, he's asked everyone to support the athletes at home by watching on TV instead. No international fans will be p- permitted at the delayed Olympics. And under the state of emergency, um, even though it's not been decided yet whether Japanese fans will be allowed to attend, if they are allowed to attend, it'll be a maximum limit of 5,000 or half the venue's capacity, whichever is smaller.
1: That's fair enough, yeah. So you like can't really say... At this stage, really, you want to be doing everything you can to actually get the games on and getting them played. So if that's what it's got to be, then so be it.
0: Not totally agree. So next one, next little article. This is only a small one. Um, but yes, yeah, sub- Subjectivist has won the Ascot Gold Cup. Um a Stradivarius, who was seeking a fourth, equaling fourth victory, finished fourth, being ridden by Frankie, uh, by, ridden by Frankie Dettori. they was hoping he was going to win a fourth victory, and unfortunately, subjectivist stopped him and um, came out on top.
1: You know, I, I used to be uh, mad into horse racing. Uh, Stradivarius rings uh, a name as a as a, He'd won a very successful. Spot
0: before that, and they were all yeah. the round and yeah,
2: yeah,
0: um, subjectivist. It's um, it was bred by Susan Hearn, the wife of sportsman Walter Barry Hearn, and 30, really? years, right. 30 years of work, and she's got a a win finally. So, so, oh,
1: good on her. Uh, there, you go. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, like I, said, I used to be mad into horse racing, obviously. The uh, the gold cup, the did you say the Ascot gold cup?
0: Yeah, Ascot gold cup, yeah,
1: yeah. So, I uh, think it's Ascot, obviously not the fair. uh. No, I've um, no, I've not myself. I've been past the course. Yeah. Um, but um, no, like I say, I used to, used to be big into horse racing, but I can't really offer any, uh, any insight into this. I've not been into horse no, for a admit, while, unfortunately.
0: I'm not overly familiar with horse racing, but obviously with it being a bit of news, I thought I'd bring it up as a small snippet. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple, a couple little segments now that um, were kind of touched on um, last week with Paul, but there's been updates in them. So the Fury Wilder mm-hmm. free fight has now been announced to be happening on July the twenty fourth. Dillian White wants Wilder um, next, but believes Wilder will mm-hmm. um, duck and run and retire should he lose to Fury instead of
1: fighting. Um, yeah, I've got a bit of a different view on it than than Paul. I did listen to the show. Um, I'm actually a big fan of Fury. Um, I do sort of share some of the views that Paul had about Fury and Wilder 3 um, in that I believe they should have bypassed it and done whatever they could, you know, if that was paying off Wilder or whatever um, to get the Joshua fight on. Because I just believe now that I I don't actually believe that uh, Fury and Joshua will be holding all the belts after their next two fights. I don't um, I think if, that if you Joshua fights who sick yeah i do um so you know obviously that that throws out the you know potential of the of the best fight ever you know yeah. or the most hyped fight ever um yeah, especially heavyweight division I suppose you could argue that, that mayweather it pacquiao happen, would, would have been it's
0: just looking more doubtful now
1: yeah um so I don't know, you know, the time to do it was now, really. the both, you know, at the, at the prime at the peak. Um, but I think, like I said, if, if it was to be their, their next fight, um, if they both win, I don't think it'll happen because I think one of them will lose.
0: No, I think I, think I, I agree with you there as well. Um, so yeah just two more two more little snippets and I'll go through the Euro results but mm-hmm. Phoenix Suns who I spoke about spoke about last time round um, they're in the conference finals now they've not seen a playoff game in a decade could they go all the way to the NBA finals
1: are you are you asking me <laughs> yeah I was kind of asking yeah, what, do, what do you think you, yeah not, not no a really you might as well be talking man. Chinese to me yeah it's it's Oh, the basketball, are they? Um, yeah, yeah.
0: They cause, a shock. Uh, well, I say a shock. They, they kind of cause an upset in the
1: um, in the playoffs. And, right. Um, and now well, it's the playoffs. Yeah, well, why? not? You know, Leicester won the league. You know, well, Greece yeah, won the European Championship. There's always, there's always sporting and upsets. Why? Why not? Of course, not? there is. Not? Yeah, exactly. I'd why not? I'd love to see it happen. Um, put it
0: that way. Just, just for another, just because it's another sporting upset.
1: Yeah, of course. No, you know, basketball's not my uh. I must admit, I, I did um, promise
0: the fans I will start to brush up more on American sports, which is why I've kind of added a couple, right? Got, you.
1: got um, you. Um, no, I think the, the last basketball game I watched was um, would have been Looney Tunes against the aliens in uh, in Space Jam. So, <laughs> you know, they make the, you know, shows, the, second one drew out as well. A second, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, out. so that'll be the set that'll be the uh, that'll be the next. Basketball game. <laughs> that, watching the uh, little boy <laughs> that I watch. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I'm aware of um, you know some of the some of the high profile players that play the game, like um, you know obviously Jordan and Bryant and, and stuff like that. So yeah. but in terms of um, teams and following them and whatever, no, i uh, I'm clueless. I'm afraid. No, fair enough.
0: Fair enough. Um. And finally, this one isn't really too much that I want to cover really now because I think I'll go more into detail with it in my future upcoming show, which is about wrestling. But WWE mm-hmm. released released Braun Strowman, um, Buddy Murphy, Alistair Black, and Ruby Riot, um, among others, among others to help with
1: budget restraints,
0: which I thought was a yeah, shock really because I mean, Strowman was massive with WWE.
2: Over the last yeah, few well,
1: years. I saw. Um, actually, saw that. Um. You know, I'm not the biggest wrestling fan anymore. Um, yeah. I'm probably about three or four years out of um, out of sync, really. For uh, uh, I follow it more you know, than me. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I used to watch up until probably one or two years ago. I used to watch WrestleMania every year, but I'm kind of too far out of the of the loop anymore to to offer a yeah. great opinion. But I did I did read that uh, Strowman um, only uh, headlined. A pay per view event like two weeks before.
0: Exactly. Um, he was in a triple threat match so too, it's a, before they offloaded him.
1: Yeah, it was. That's a very, very strange move. Um, you know, whether it's all to do with he, he, the knock on effects of COVID butt, and opinion. not having fans in. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I, I also read that he was kind of holding them a little bit to ransom and, you know, WWE've turned around and basically just said, well, no one does that. No one's bigger yeah. than the
0: company. Oh, well, Vince, Off you go! Like be, See you later. Like to be embarrassed, does he? So,
1: but yeah, no, there's, exactly. there's been yeah. a lot
0: of people go. I mean, I've got a list of about twenty-five on me at the moment. I'm not going to go through them now. This is this is research for an upcoming episode, but yeah. I'll be going into more detail with it then. Um, but yeah, no, um, there's there's a, there's at least 30, 40 that have been released from WWE just just this year alone. So yeah, it's
1: big names in there too. I, so yeah, I'd like to say, whether it's a knock on effect of COVID or whether they're just taking it I, in a different direction, so. who knows? Um, obviously, COVID I, did, I did read though, with I don't know whether you're going to cover this in your show or not, but I did read that they are taking it back out onto the road, um, not nationally, but just sort of uh, regionally, you know, they're not having it in the um. Whatever, it, whatever they call oh, it, the no, development yeah, center. The, yeah, they the I, I watch
0: it weekly. They've announced it. They are actually doing it around the USA, different states, different oh, arenas. They're going nationally. Are. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, they're doing it around different states, and different arenas. I've, I've seen a few. of those, like they've been announcing dates for different ones. I'm actually excited yeah. to see them having fans back in the back in the arenas. To be fair,
1: because oh yeah, of course, yeah,
0: it, it's better when you see the family actions when some 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 of the crazy stuff happens. Yeah, uh, of course it is. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen plenty of memes out there from um, the Oh My God girl when Miz won the title at WrestleMania against John Cena. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. And that,
0: that's a meme that's been going on ever since. So,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And there's memes from when Undertaker lost his streak. There's loads, loads of good memes and it, they all come yeah, from Yeah, of the course, fans. there is. And uh, I'm going to say the fans make WWE so much better. But yeah, no, yeah, that's pretty it much is. it for, for the news. I just wanted to go quickly through the Euro results so far. So, as it stands, we are up to, um, I've covered up to the Thursday. Obviously, this is being released on the Friday. Mm
2: -hmm. Um,
0: But, yeah, I've covered up to the Thursday. And so, I'll go through Groups A, B, and so on. Uh, So, yeah. So, in Group A, we've got um, Italy beating Turkey 3-0. Wales and Switzerland drawing one apiece. Wales then beating Turkey 2-0. And Italy beating Switzerland three 0 I think that pretty much guarantees Italy through now. Um, yeah, it does. Yeah. Who do you think will go through with them out of the remaining teams?
1: I think Wales. I think Wales will do it.
0: I think Wales. I think Wales have got a strong chance of going through. I think they could go through second mm. as well. Yeah. Um, I, I, I really, I really do think. Um, I think they could get a draw against Italy. Yeah,
1: there's some, something there's about them. This time, I think they've got two, you know, outstanding players in uh, Bale and Ramsey. Yeah. So, you know, Gareth Bale in, in the two games that, that we've seen has been brilliant. Uh, obviously, the second game as well. He was who, fantastic he was, in that uh, game. He was fantastic, even though he missed the penalty, take that away. I think he was still brilliant. Absolutely.
0: So, Group B sees Finland um, beat Denmark one 0 Um. Belgium beat Russia 3-0. Then Russia beat Finland 1-0. And unfortunately, Denmark, after going a goal up, ended up coming out, losers in a 2-1 victory to Belgium. So that sees Belgium guaranteed through as well now. Who do you think mm-hmm. could
1: scrape through as well in Group B? Uh... Well, I mean, obviously we're taking out the... Um... The second, the the third place situation. Aren't yeah, we? well, Belgium Talking are against Finland
0: and Denmark are against Russia, so it all comes down really, I think, to that Denmark Russia game. Um, yeah, I think, I think,
1: I think Russia will, um, Russia will take that.
0: You think Russia will take that? So that'll see Russia mm. and, and possibly Finland scrape through in third place. Um, yeah,
1: possibly. Hmm. Possibly, yeah.
0: Yeah. So the third group um, is. Group C. Austria beat Macedonia 3-1. Holland beat Ukraine or Netherlands beat Ukraine 2 uh, 3-2. Ukraine then beat Macedonia 2-1 and Netherlands beat Austria 2-0, which sees Netherlands, the third team, guaranteed through.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, who do you see um, going through in this one? I mean, Austria against Netherlands, Ukraine against Macedonia. F- uh, You've
1: got, you got a
0: Sorry, well, Austria I, versus Ukraine, Holland versus Macedonia, sorry.
1: I think... Yeah, so it's it's basically a playoff, isn't it, between Ukraine and Austria? Um, I, think, I, I think I would go Ukraine. Um, I think I'd go I Ukraine they, in that one. they a look, look better going forward.
0: Um, so, yeah, in the final three groups, you've got England beat Croatia 1-0, Scotland lost to Czech Republic 2-0. Um, that's all that's been played so far. The rest of the games carry on from Friday onwards um mm-hmm. so so far, a good start for England you fancy fancy odd chances of topping the group
1: yeah, I mean it was a nervy an nervy one nil victory really wasn't it um it was, but I think we yeah
0: were, we were control we kept it controlled, though
1: yeah, obviously Ford and hit the post and they had they had decent chances I think that's that's probably. The only sort of negative really is that, you know, we missed quite a few chances. It could have, it probably should have been more than 1 0. Um, but we've got a win against the team that we've had, you know, uh, obviously a, a bad recent history against. Um, so it, it's positive. Obviously, I don't know when, when the show's going to wear, but we've got the Scotland game um, tonight, you know, at the time of recording. So get a win yeah. in that. Um, you know that guarantees our, excuse me, our place in the last sixteen. Um Absolutely. Kind of switch it up a little bit against the Czech Republic, and then we're going in fresh in in, in the last sixteen tie. So
0: totally. Who do you yeah, think? Yeah, I think will come out on top between Czech Republic and Croatia. I mean, I think I think at I th- least one of the, I think both of them could go through anyway. But who do you think is going to come out? On yeah, top out
1: of I think it. I think it will be Croatia. I think. Um, Croatia i think they're short enough in in the game against england that they yeah. do have you know a bit of um, a bit of quality in, in the team still with players like modric and perisic you know they're uh, they are a good side
0: no i can i can't disagree with you there so group e then sees um, poland losing 2-1 to slovakia and spain and sweden finishing 0-0 so still a long way to go in this group but i do think my my personal opinion i think slovakia uh, against Sweden this time round. I think that'll finish in a draw. Spain mm. will beat Poland, which then sees, I think, Slovakia and Spain go through. It's, it's then a d- toss-up between Sweden and Poland. With, what happens there, I
2: think?
1: Yes, yeah, it's, it's a, a difficult one, really, isn't it? The teams that I would have expected to go through anyway um, were Spain and Poland, and obviously they sit third and fourth at the moment, but exactly. it's still... Still early days in that in that group. I don't see much quality in Sweden. They were um they were poor uh in the game against Spain. They were just sat back and
2: and I mean and stuff I mean, like Slovakia, that. But
0: Slovakia beat Sweden, Slovakia were through, guaranteed. And that that's yeah. That that's that's quite a shock when you look at it that Slovakia are the first team through in that. Yeah,
1: well there's gonna there's potentially a big team gonna go out there in neither Spain They're or Poland, Poland, you would have thought, really.
0: I mean Sweden were quarter-finalists last time at right? uh, last uh, the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they, they, they were at they, they um, bottom. So
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I mean they've, they've lost a lot of players there, since since
1: that tournament as well, haven't they? True. So true. Uh, and, and obviously the they're missing group, the uh, the big man.
0: Yeah, they're missing Ibrahimovic up front, aren't they? <laughs>
1: hmm
0: But yeah, the final group, group F, sees Hungary. Um, lose 3-0 to Portugal and France scrape a 1-0 victory against Germany now I felt Hungary we were a little bit unfortunate against Portugal, I thought they they had the right game plan, they played well, they were unlucky not to go ahead really yeah, they, they, they held their own, Portugal turned it up
1: yeah, they held their own but I think once that goal went in, the game plan was out the window and the cards kind of fell apart, yeah. didn't they the house dropped
0: and Portugal for the last 10 minutes, then so he turned up another gear. I think,
1: yeah, I think that's that's certainly when players like Ronaldo and Fernandes come into the room when they sense like you know a team's heads are down and yeah. you know, they can turn the screw a little bit. Um, so it's no surprise to see Ronaldo getting two goals, um, you know, in the last five minutes of a game like that. Um, Absolutely. In terms of the other two, I mean, this is you've still got four big games to play in this group and it's really Absolutely. difficult to to call, but obviously France have got a good advantage over the others, um, having already played Germany and got three points on the board, so you've got a favour that France will go through. Um, but the other two, I think it could come down to, obviously, the game that they play, the Portugal-Germany game, could be almost Absolutely. like a knockout game.
0: Yeah. I totally agree. Um, so you know, um, so that pretty much sums up, um, the Euro so far. So, you no, know, some exciting some exciting um teams going through already. Some some exciting mm-hmm. um games still to come as well to finish off the group. So, be interested yeah. to see what happens over the next week. And hopefully, I'll be able to talk next week in terms of, um, quarterfinals and so on. Who's looking mm-hmm. more likely to win it?
1: Yeah, you know, that
0: that pretty much sums up the news. Really, I think. So, no, thank Go. you very much uh, for your opinions.
1: No problem. Not a problem at all. You hear the sound of his snores from miles around and he owns khaki talkers, and a few shades of light brown gives big bear hugs and has terrible jokes but he's gonna tell them anyway cuz he's dead to the bone dead to the bone
0: dead to the
2: bone dead. Dead.
0: that is the jingle for the new segment of the show dad's ditty this part of the show is where my own father has wrote in a poem, topical poem, for each topic we have every time we have a guest on. This week's topic is VAR, and the poem goes as follows. It used to be Marmite, we loved or hated. Now it's VAR that's just updated. Stopping and starting, who knows where we're at? Still we are kinder of to refs. Because now VAR is the twat. Brilliant goal. Celebrate and start heckling. Then suddenly stop. As VAR is now checking. All of us still don't want to look silly. Then find it's offside. By the length of a fleas willy. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah. That's my comedian of a dad. And his poetic skills. And our new little segment. Called Dad's Ditty. So we'll now break off and go to our second break, or our final break, before we go into our topic. And today's topic is VAR, as the name of the show um, shows with Who Do You Think You var. So go get yourself refreshed, nip to the bathroom, and when we come back, we'll get into today's topic. Okay, well, welcome back, everybody, to the final segment of the show. Uh, this is the topical part of the show, and this week we're talking VAR. Is it ruining football? Yes. Does it make things better?
1: <laughs> <laughs> what do you think,
0: Matt? What's your opinions on it?
1: I mean, as... Uh, man, well, I mean, where do you start? I mean, as an open question, do I think it's making it better? Um, it's probably increasing the... Um, you know the percentage of refereeing decisions that they get correct, but in terms of watching, no, hundred um, percent. It is badly. I don't know whether I was. Think- yeah, I don't know whether to be honest. You know, to be completely honest, I don't know if I was for or against it. You know, when it was all coming in, um, but now there it, there are certain times where I just think I'm just I'm, I, I don't want to watch the game because I know it's going to be ruined by something. Um, albeit to be fair, you know, and I'll give it its dues in the uh, Euro twenty twenty game so far. I think it has been all right, actually.
0: It's it's been. I'm going to say so far. I mean, we are nearly a week into, um, we're we're nearly a week into Euro twenty twenty. We're on the second round Mm. of games uh, at the recording of this of this podcast, and yeah, so far. We've seen plenty of VAR decisions, and I don't see any of them that have been wrong so far. So,
1: yeah, I don't know if they're using like um, different rulings or different interpretations or or, or whatever. Um, the whole, the, I mean, I don't know. They've changed that many rules throughout throughout the Premier League season, anyway. But yeah,
2: um,
1: the the worst about thing by, the by an Well, the handball thing at the at the start of last season was a joke. An absolute joke. It was just ridiculous. Um, but then they kind of they kind of changed it, and I think they've kind of got it. They kind of got that that right at the moment. But the worst yeah, thing, by this is the offside thing. A couple with the fact that you know, I know it's not kind of off topic a little bit, but the the linesman being told not to put his flag up. I just think it's just a joke. Just put your flag up. Yeah, if you think like, it's offside, there's, put there's your flag on. when you can clearly see. Yeah. And they do, to be fair, in some some situations they do. But in the others, they just don't. Until, they're, until, until there's a decision like,
0: to be made. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> Even I just don't get it. Offside. It's
1: very, it's just very odd at the moment. And um excuse me. And then like I say, you've got the whole line drawing thing, which is just ridiculous. I've never seen well, obviously, we never we've never seen anything like it, but it's just like Honestly, it's like my 18-month-old son has done it sometimes. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, officials at Stockley Park are coming to fire for all, all the different decisions at times in the Premier League just this yeah. season. Alone. And, like, just to note a few, I mean, when you say about the lines, I mean, I remember seeing one, the line was curved for starters.
2: <laughs> yeah. The line, the line, and like, it if you look
0: at it on screen, it blatantly had a big curve in it.
1: Yeah. Just to make mm-hmm. it look
0: like it fitted.
1: You know, I, I've 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 now come back to it. You know, we all saw it, it was just it's just outrageous. I mean, um, who are the
0: biggest ones that stood out to me in terms of the offside one as well this season alone, and they could have had big 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 impacts in the game. Was the Leeds goal with Bamford? They were one 0 down to Crystal Palace, and Bamford yeah. looked like he'd equalised, and it was literally he was even be he was even behind the players legs wise everything. The only thing that was sticking out was his arm because he had his arm out Say, play it over here, play it over here. And it was literally. Yeah, the play the ball sleeve, through. End of his sleeve where his elbow was, that was ahead of the player. And the ruling there was, that, oh, as long as the sleeve is ahead of the player, it's classed as offside. You can't even handball yeah. the ball. If it, if it touched him on the arm there, it would have been classed as an arm and ball.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's ridiculous. You know, it's, it's mad really because if you put all this sort of evidence in front of. Um, you know, the chief official or whatever. I think it's Martin Atkinson, isn't it? Who's the chief official. And I'm sure they probably did on Sky Sports News or something when he was on as a guest. I'd love to know what his sort of explanation yeah. was for it. Um,
0: so, yeah, you know, that, one, it, that one... Well, I don't the know. I mean, to
1: would. Yeah.
0: That game would have equalised the game for him and then they might, might have had a chance of maybe getting a result out of the game. But instead, no, they ended up not having that one... Edge dropped and suddenly there were more goals down and it ended up was it a four-one loss in the end?
1: I can't remember. I can't, I can't remember what it, I remember it ended up. going but...
0: On and smashing them in the end, but
1: I yeah, mean, exactly.
0: I'm not, I'm not surprised that the Reds have dropped after a decision like that being given. But the other one that yeah, comes to it. mind was the Sadio Mane versus uh, Everton. The game was two-two mm-hmm. and it was going into last yeah. minute of injury time and Henderson popped up with a last-minute goal. Now. Yeah. It, um, they reviewed the goal and said Sadio Mane's arm to be a millimetre offside now what's even more amusing is when you look at it Sadio Mane's back is to goal he's he's actually facing yeah. away from the goal, looking back down the pitch and his whole body's facing the opposite way his literal elbow is sticking out and it's his arm that's literally sticking out in an offside position I didn't think your arm could score a goal I thought it was meant to be a part of your body that you could score a goal with so that alone yeah. baffles me it's <laughs> It's and just, when you look at the it, lines, are literally it's, touching. What whatever happened to the day when we used to have? You, you gave the benefit of the doubt. If the, if it were that close, you could barely make your mind. You gave the benefit to the striker. I me- I remember well, the, exactly. I, and I had nothing wrong with that. I thought that was that was nothing wrong with that decision.
1: Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, in terms of like the on-field officials, I think they need to take a leaf out of the. Um, the book of how cricket have done it, um, where, you know, the on-field umpire still has and retains a lot of the power in terms of the decisions. I just feel like the officials are there now on the field. Well, in some, in some occasions, you just feel like they're not required because they'll make a decision and then it gets overturned or the linesman just doesn't even bother to put his flag up for offside
2: yeah,
1: because in some instances he's, he's probably of the mindset well we're going to check it anyway but I think I think for the for the for the progression of VAR I think they've kind of got to look at how cricket does it and they've got to give like not reviews and stuff like that I mean in terms of like the margin for error Yeah,
2: um,
1: I think if you give some power back not. to the officials in terms of Yeah, in terms of offside, definitely. Like, you've got to give them like, I don't know, like a two, maybe a yard, maybe a yard or two. Um, You know, whereas if if the linesman's put his flag up and it it then proves to be offside, then it's uh, you know, and it's a marginal decision. Then it sticks with the on-field decision or something. You know, something like that. I think you've got to give some some power back to to the linesman because players do react to the flag going up or not going up in, in some instances. Exactly. You know, so... I um, um, other, other
0: instances I don't know. I mean, Of the uh, AR as well, though. it's not just the linesman's, uh, not, not, it's not just the line of, like, of where you are actually in terms of being offside. I mean, situations such as Suchek, Suchek with the accidental elbow and Mitrovic. Now, I don't know if you remember that or if you remember yeah. seeing it.
1: Yeah, I do. Yeah, totally. Like he was trying to lift his hand arm hand.
0: up to sort yeah.
1: of to sort of move himself away. Yeah. Um. I think it was was, I mean, was Mitrovic
0: not trying to hold on? <sighs> he tried to lift his arm up to move his arm away and accidentally. Yeah, it was. Yeah, Mitrovic. it was
1: like that. Um, and he got sent think off for off- it,
0: and then they rescinded it. After, I think they, in terms they afterwards, and rescinded the red card. But why not review it with the VAR there and then and make a judgment call because you could clearly see he'd never actually even even. Remotely, even intentionally, tried to catch Mitrovic with his arm. He was trying to move his arm away. Yeah. And it was blatantly obvious that's what he was trying to do.
2: And Mitrovic
1: the only reason I can...
0: And he got sent off in, in it, situations like that. I mean, and then and then some of the times where they can't make the mind up, whether it is or it isn't. I mean, for example, Lewis Dunk, when he scored a quick free kick and caught West Brom's mm. keeper Sam Johnson out. Now, they chalked it off. Then reversed their decision and gave it. And then went back to VAR, who then ruled out the goal again. I mean.
1: <laughs> well, the, on, the only reason I can give, really, especially with the check one, is that you've got an idiot who's the video assistant referee. What, what other reason can you give? He's obviously never played the game because that's a bit movement that's probably made hundreds of yeah. times during the game, especially from set pieces. Yeah. Um so uh, that was just ridiculous. The dunk one I can kind of half understand because there was a lot of confusion with the on-field um official with that, whether he blew his whistle for whatever reason and then blew it again for whatever reason. It was just a very that was a bit of a freak one. Um so I can can kind kind of half confusion and frustration
0: from fans when they see that sort of stuff happening. Oh, of
1: course, oh man, I mean. Obviously, you're seeing fans back in stadiums now. Can you imagine if there was fans in the stadium for that game? I mean, you know, paying 50, 60 quid a ticket to watch a circus, basically.
0: Well, yeah, exactly.
1: You know, I mean,
0: mean, there's other instances as well this season, such as Lamina, (laughs) Um, the ball struck him. His arm was literally by his side. He couldn't even move his arm anywhere other than where it was to try and keep it out of the way of the ball, and it still clipped his arm. Goal was goal. Goal was scored. It got ruled out because it cut his arm. And he couldn't do anything to avoid that ball touching his arm.
1: Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, and that was and because that, that he was Fulham an
0: equaliser against Spurs, and obviously Spurs. Uh, Fulham went on to go down. I mean, instances like that could have cost them. Yeah, the reason of course. Why
1: they didn't play up. Well, we didn't. I think I remember that. Didn't they come out and say that if that had happened whilst, like in the opposite box, like he was yeah. defending? It wouldn't have been given as a penalty, but it was given as a free kick because it was it led yeah. to a goal.
2: Exactly. I was
1: like, What? What crap are you coming out with here? That's just ridiculous.
0: Yeah. You, you can't you have got to have consistency all the way across it as well if you're gonna do things like oh, that. Oh
1: man, honestly, you couldn't make it up.
0: Um so yeah, no, there was I mean, there's been many an instance. Um McTominay. No, the... Yeah, there's been he caught Sun in the face as won he's won every to week, and he didn't even I mean to do it. He? he used his arm for balance, didn't realize Sun was that close behind him and cl- caught him with his fingers as his t- arms come out. Didn't even notice, yeah, son. of course, yeah. Uh, and that got ruled out when ball got played through to Cavani mm-hmm. and scored because Tommy caught Sun in the face with his hand.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think that really had a not too much on like the game. league and standings and stuff, it. Like but still, in terms of like a decision and, and stuff like that, it was just mind-boggling. You know, I just don't understand a lot of them. I like I say a lot of them are bit ba- judged on guys that haven't played the game and, and stuff like that, and it's not right. Really, you've got to have um, certainly consistency, like you say. But you've also got to you've got to give some training to to these guys and Um, who was supposed to be officiating the game and you know, realised that it is a contact sport still. Um, And stuff like that does happen. And certainly in terms of players being on the receiving end of it, like Son, like Mitrovic, like you said, are going to do all they can to gain an advantage. If that means getting someone sent off or preventing a goal like Son did, then they're going to do it. Exactly. They're going to try the luck.
0: I mean one and, of my favorite oh, ones which you you made a big thing about with the officials
1: in our game it will come off.
0: Yeah. One of my favorite ones which you you and the I think Lewis and a few others made a big thing about in like build up to the I think it was like the second to last game of the season United against I
1: think mm-hmm. it was
0: against Fulham and it was the phantom touch from Bruno Fernandes.
1: Oh my god.
0: Cavani Let's was tell. Cavani was clearly offside and if it weren't for the phantom touch of Bruno Fernandes, which then made made it be that he was onside. And, yeah. Uh-huh. And it didn't, didn't actually look like it touched Bruno.
1: Well, he came out after the game and said, I didn't touch it, it's De Gea's assist. <laughs> and you look back in the history books, it says Bruno Fernandes assist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I mean
2: you know yeah what and that, that, that
1: it's be laughing, just ridiculous I
0: watched, I watched it myself and i couldn't help but laugh when i saw it so yeah no somebody yeah just, i mean it like it
1: looked it looked in real time like he didn't touch it
2: yeah
1: and then you slow it down it also doesn't look like he touched it so i don't i don't know what what they must have been watching Especially in the uh, the VAR room, because he tried that's them
0: at the time he did touch it to make it look because they realised that the range, and then and then at the end he said I didn't actually touch it.
1: Well, there you go. That's that's exactly what I was just referring to about yeah. um, Mitrovic and Sam.
0: The, of course get he
1: will. Absolutely, yeah. Of course, it, of course, he's going to say he touched it to gain the advantage of I, exactly. his team scoring a goal.
0: Exactly. <laughs> So I mean, where do we go from here with AR and where do you think we need to go from, from here in terms of in the future?
1: Scrap it. I mean that'd be my call. But I know it won't it won't happen. Um, but I mean, if if it's gonna be if it's gonna stay and it's gonna be a thing, then I think the margin for everything has to come in with offsides. Um,
0: I think the, the definitely the offside one, the margin for the offside.
1: Um, like I say, I th- you've got to give some power back to the officials on the pitch. I think um, you've got to
0: give benefits of the doubt when it comes down to millimeters. If, you, if you're trying to measure in millimeters and trying to figure out could it, could it not be? Is the line touching? Is it not touching? When it's that yeah. close, surely you've got to give the benefit of the doubt to the striker.
1: Of course, yeah. In terms of giving power back to the on-field officials as well, yeah. Um, you know, you've got to give them you know the opportunity to make a decision and then maybe give the VAR officials a time limit especially when you take into account fans being back into the into the stadiums give them I don't know what 30 seconds you know to view the footage back if there's you know if there's nothing conclusive then the the on-field official hasn't made an obvious error get on with the game
0: exactly No, I agree that um for the people
1: in the stadiums, you've you've What about these situations? You know, you've got to you've got to well I was just gonna say you've gotta you know you've got to remember that you know the game isn't just about people watching it on TV.
0: Yeah.
1: Which is I think the way that kind of V A R is is going and has gone. It's aiming
0: at people on TV, yeah.
1: Of course. Um you know, and obviously the people in, in the stadiums don't get to see the lines or the replays or anything like that. So this is another issue you've got to, as well. <clears throat> yeah, you've got to you've got to respect the paying public who, who are actually in the stadiums. Um like I say, get on with the game.
0: Either put it on a screen so they can see what, what's being investigated, so the fans can see what's going on, or relay a lay message to them why it's being investigated, at least give something back to the fans they can understand, but don't keep them waiting for bloody 10 minutes while they make a decision, sort of
2: thing as well.
1: Yeah. Well it comes on screen, doesn't it? Um yeah. potential handball by ex player or a potential offside, whatever. It's not enough. Um no. You know, you've got a fan in the stadium looking at that screen thinking, what the fuck's going on here?
0: Yeah. Whereas at home we get to see, we get to see all the margins for everyone, all <coughs> the setting up showing that. What's them putting that picture yeah. on the screen for them to look at as well?
1: Exactly, you know, and that potentially could happen in, like, a big final, like the the European Championship final. Um, yeah. Although, like I say, it, I must admit it has been it has been better in this tournament so far. Um, but, like I say, you, you know, you could have as many as 40, 50,000 fans in for the final. Yeah. Um, you know, and you could be sat there five minutes while they look at a handball or something stupid. No,
2: exactly. um,
1: you've got to go back to basics. You just give, give the power back to the on-field officials and get the game moving.
0: Yeah, I, get think, the game I, think, moving the, I think the main referee as well, when it comes to things like these accidental handballs and these accidental... Like, like when he's lifting his arm up and this other, I think you have going to give the power back to the main referee and have him use his common sense. Does it look like that's yes. a foul? Does it look like that was a purpose? Exactly.
1: Handball? Make a not, call not on, it, on the real time. No, no, that was
0: handball. That that was that was a that was a red card challenge. This at the other when 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 it blatantly wasn't. Yeah, it was blatantly accidental. This at the other. Uh, I think think some power to be given back yeah, to of the official on the pitch, because I think yeah, going off. Of the A R checks and reviews and that lot. I think. Otherwise, you're going to have players com- con- constantly play acting to it and trying to mug like like the slightest touch and things like that going down, making out they've bloody been shot. Would you get anywhere? Of course, yeah. You've,
1: you've got to you've got to refer back to um, the sort of motto why it was brought in. It was to eradicate the clear and obvious errors. Exactly. You should just leave it as simple as that.
0: And I mean, when when we're talking about clear and obvious areas, I mean, pure examples. Remember the one where the ball was scooped up from over the line; it was like two foot over the line. I think it was was it United? Yeah. Game? The ball had clearly gone over the line.
1: Um, yeah, going sco- back, back, back few years there, and aren't it got, you? With right um, Carroll. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Those sort of instances. That is I what this, be- this should be brought in for. Them sort of instances, not whether. Whether somebody's a millimetre offside because his sleeves ahead of the player's bloody leg, yeah, that, that's I
1: 100% agree, yeah,
0: yeah, it is spoiling. Yeah, the I game. can't
1: disagree. Mm-hmm. No, well,
0: no, well, thank you for your opinions there, pal. And no problem, no, no problem. I, th- I think we'll wrap it up there. I think we think we both come to come to an agreement, both gotten come to cannabis kind of a conclusion on where we think it should go from there. Whether scrap it or give more power to the referee. And yeah league. well
1: let's just sort someone from uh, from FIFA or the fa or whatever here's the uh here's the views of ourselves and the views of the fans and makes a decision from there. Okay.
0: Yeah, we fingers the podcast, crossed <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah
0: um but no no thank you very much for um for helping me out tonight uh, and taking part in this podcast so um no it's been, oh, a, it's pleasure been having a pleasure
1: you. no pleasure is all mine thank you
0: Oh, thank you very much. So that was Matt Isherwood, guys. Tune in next next time. Uh, I'll be bringing you the latest sports topics and latest news again. Um, Coming up in the next few weeks, we'll be having a WWE special uh, or wrestling special. And we'll also be having a um, special guest in Ross Huntingdon, who um, is a good friend of mine who's been climbing the height of Everest. So, tune in keep tuning in over the next few weeks, guys, and I'll keep bringing you more content. And thank you for sh- thank you for tuning in. Goodbye.